Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. We started a new series this week simply called Hope. From increased levels of anxiety and depression to the current war between Russia and Ukraine and countless areas of life in between, our world is in need of hope. We'll explore what biblical hope looks like in this series, starting with this first message on defining hope from Psalm 130. We hope you enjoy the message. Today, what we're going to do, just so you guys know, for the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to kind of talk about what hope is, specifically biblical hope, and a little bit of what hope is not, because I think that there's some kind of mixed up ideas about when we say hope, especially when we say it in the church, how it's, it's, it's different from how we would typically define uh, hope. And then, through the rest of the series, we're going to talk about what hope looks like in our lives, in, in things that I'm actually going to mention right now, uh, things like uh, anxiety anxiety and depression, which is over the last couple years, even before the pandemic started, anxiety and depression, even in your age group, which you, you guys may not realize this, but even as, as a middle school age group, like 11 to 14, anxiety across the board and depression across the board was at all-time highs. And then the pandemic happened. And for two years, we've, you know, had questions about who can we trust and what's going on and what's, what's actually happening in the world. Am I going to get sick? How sick am I going to get? And, and anxiety and depression has only gone up from there. That'll be one of the things that we talk about over the next few weeks. We'll be talking about uh, hope that we need in our specific circumstances because outside of what all is going on around the world and with the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, you guys know that in each of your lives, there's things that are going on that oftentimes feel completely out of your control, your life circumstances, things that are going on in, in your own heart, things that are going on in your own relationships with people, things that are going on in your family that maybe you haven't been able to tell anybody about, but they are... Areas in your life or circumstances in your life where, man, if you're being honest, you just need some hope because it's hard to see what the end result is. It's hard to see to the other side of this tunnel or the other side of this event in your life. And then, then we obviously have some crazy things that are going on around our world that we need hope for. I mean, how many of you have paid some attention? You, you know a little bit of what's happening in Russia and Ukraine with those things that are happening. I think everybody in here, I was at Southside Christian uh, the morning that we got the news that Russia was invading Ukraine, and that's like all that the guys wanted to, to talk about. Uh, that, that was the, the biggest prayer request they had. I went around the room and was asking everybody, hey, what's, uh, what's something that you want us to pray for? And over half the guys were saying, let's, let's pray for Ukraine. Let's pray for what's happening with them. And, and Russia. And that is an area where maybe you look and you're like, dude, what, what in the world? They're like bombing and they're invading. And just imagining what that would be like here. Uh, and, and maybe you've just been thinking, man, they need, they need some hope. They need, they need some light at the end of this tunnel. They, they need something to happen right now. Maybe you're like, man, where is God? When will he show up in this moment right now? Before we move on, I actually do want to pray and lift up the things that are happening over there. We have some families who are here at our church who are Ukrainian, and they have family who is still in Russia or in Ukraine. In fact, people who are still in Kiev, which is the capital city that some of these bombings have been taking place. And so I want to just lift them up right now. So if you will, pray with me as we lift up this situation. God, we... We don't know all the ins and outs, admittedly. At least I don't. We don't know why Russia is choosing 
Like, why, why now? Why is now the time to attack? We don't know all the specific reasons of why they are attacking. Um, we don't know what the answer is to get it all to stop. It is a situation that seems and, and feels like it's, it's out of control and crazy and wild. And we, our, our hearts break for what's happening over there. Our minds cannot wrap around what, what, what would it be like to be one of the Ukrainian people right now and, and experiencing this. But, but God, we know that you, you know all of that. You know all the ins and outs of why it started. You know exactly how and when it will stop. And you are in such control. You are, you are so sovereign over this whole thing, God. You, you know all the individuals who are, who are involved. You know all the things that they need. You know all the, all the people that need to be kept safe. And so, God, we just, we just pray for safety for the Ukrainian people. God, we, we pray that your, your hand would be over them. We pray that, that you would show up in a, a powerful way in their lives, that you would bring safety, that you would bring protection. And ultimately, God, we pray that you would bring this to a stop. Lord, we know your, your will, will will be done no matter what. May we be able to trust you. May we be able to, even as far removed as we are away from it, would we be able to have hope in the midst of this crazy situation? We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Maybe that's something, just as you guys are going about your week, as you see the craziness on TV, as you hear people talking about it, maybe your family talking about it. I was talking about it with some family yesterday uh, as we were up in North Carolina visiting my wife's family. Um, just, just remember, like, don't, don't just talk, but we actually can do something about it, and, and that is prayer. I mean, and, and there's such a thing in our culture where it's like, oh, man, stop sending your thoughts and prayers. Like, what's, what's that going to do anyway? But we see over and over again in the scriptures where people ask and God shows up. And so one of the things that we've been asked and tasked with doing is to ask God to show up in places where maybe we least expect it or in places where there, there is a, a huge need for God to be there. And so so don't think that you, you can't do anything, even though you may not have money to contribute and you're not going to go fight or do anything crazy like that, but, but you do have the ability to go to God on behalf of this situation and these people, even when it seems so, so hopeless. There's obviously many more areas that we could talk about that need hope in our lives and, and in our world, and we will... We will talk about some of those uh, over the next few weeks. But again, today we are trying to define uh, what hope is. And so let me, let me kind of give you a couple things that, that hope is not, and then we'll turn to the scriptures and see what hope is. Uh, one thing that hope is not is hope is not just optimistic outlook. It's not just optimism. It's not just like, hey, I know things are bad, but it's going to get better. Like, and I know sometimes we say that, and, and there's often times when that can be true, but that's not specifically what biblical hope is. It's not just like, hey, there's, there's good things on the other side. There's, there's good things that are, that are going to come. That's just this, this kind of simple optimistic outlook, but that's oftentimes what hope is, right? Like, we, we have hopes for our tests and our grades, right? Like, I, I hope that my, my grade's going to get better. Like, I'm, I'm optimistic that it's going to get better, but that's, that's not really uh, what biblical hope is. Biblical hope also isn't just wishful thinking. 
Like when we, when we think about hope, maybe you think about, man, yeah, I was kind of hoping to get something for Christmas and Santa never brought it, right? Like, well, so what's the point of hope? Well, that's more like the wishful thinking side of, of hope. Like, and, and I think that that's one of the ways that our culture defines it. But, but it, would, it would be you're there and you're, you're waiting for Christmas and you do hope that you get a certain present. Maybe you were hoping for that new PS5 or that new Xbox Series X and Santa just couldn't find the chips to make that Xbox or that PlayStation 5 work uh, because there's a shortage right now, right? And, but you were hopeful. You were, you were hoping that that would happen. Or maybe you are, are hoping that that... that certain guy or girl. I know it's not Valentine's Day anymore, but I hope that they like me. Just this wishful thinking, again, kind of ties in closely with that optimistic outlook. Or, or maybe you're just, you're just hoping that something will stop or something will start or that something will happen in your life that isn't related to any of the things that I've talked about. But you're not sure. You hope it happens, but you're not sure that it will or, or that it won't. You're not sure that it, that thing will start or that that thing will stop. It's just, it's just wishful thinking. I hope it happens, but I'm not sure. Biblical hope maybe has a little bit of those things, but it's, it's actually far more uh, about this word that, that might surprise you. Biblical hope is far more about waiting and specifically expectant waiting than it is about wishful thinking. Biblical hope is more about waiting than it is wishful thinking. So let's see kind of one of the places that we find that in the scriptures and talk more about what that means. It's in Psalm chapter 30. Or Psalm, sorry, Psalm chapter 130 in your Bibles. It's kind of really, it's basically like in the dead center middle of your Bible if you want to open up there or you can turn to the screen. But Psalm chapter 130 is, remember, Psalms are, are, it's a collection of songs. So these were things that people actually sung. And maybe you don't realize this, but some of these Psalms we still sing today. Some of maybe your favorite uh, worship songs or just songs, period, are kind of taken, stolen from, from this book, which is kind of incredible. And this one in particular, it was part of a collection that's called the Songs of Ascent or the Psalms of Ascent. And what it was, was people, they would take a pilgrimage or they would take a journey uh, where Jewish people would make their way from wherever they were uh, in the world to Jerusalem. And they're called the Songs of Ascent because they were going up, they were traveling up to Jerusalem, this city on, on a hill over there uh, in, in the Middle East. And so they, they were singing Songs of Ascent on their journeys. And this one in Psalm 130, <clears throat> you can probably see it has a bold title that says, My Soul Waits for the Lord. This is, this is a psalm or a song that would have been sung by someone who was in need of hope. Someone who was, was singing, we're actually going to see, who, who maybe they were in just a pit or a place of despair or a hard spot, and they needed God to show up. So let's read. We're going to read uh, two verses at a time and kind of break them down <clears throat> as we go. So Psalm chapter 130 says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Now, some of these words we may not use on a regular basis, but we certainly can relate to. Out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. Out of a, a hard spot. Out of like a, a down place where I feel like I can't get up and I certainly cannot do it on my own. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. God, I'm in a hard spot. Will you just listen? 
Will you hear my cries? It feels like nobody else is listening. It feels like nobody else can do anything, but God, would you just listen to me? Would you hear my cries for mercy? Would you hear my cries for help? Maybe you've never used those exact words, but you've probably been in a spot similar where you've just been asking God to show up, asking God to do something because you didn't know where else to turn. Or maybe you didn't have anywhere else to turn. That's the kind of spot that this song and the psalmist is coming from. Verses three and four, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. So here's basically what this author's saying in this one, in these two verses is, God, I, I, don't, I don't deserve to speak to you. I don't even deserve to stand before you. I, I know that I am a sinner, but I also know that you are a God who forgives. And you are a God who sees me in this place that I am in. You're a God who, even though you, you are holy and other than, and even though I, I don't deserve even to, to speak with you, I, I, I know that you care. I know that you love me, so won't you hear my cries? And then verses five and six, we're gonna camp here for a little bit longer. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. No, that's not a mistake in your Bible. It's meant to be said twice. Verse five, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. Now, you may notice we've got the words waits. We got, the, we got wait and we got waits, and we also have the word hope. Here's what's interesting about this, though. You actually could translate this in verse five. You could translate it, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I wait. Maybe you don't realize this, but the, there's, the original language of the Old Testament was not English, okay? Very important. Uh, and, and in the original language, some of the words, when they get translated to English, it's to help us understand is to help us know, oh, that's what they meant by the word, but sometimes the, the true meaning of the word isn't able to fully come out in English. And if it, if it did, then it kind of would be like, what, what do you mean? Like, why, why is he saying wait a lot? It doesn't really make sense to, to what, do you, what do you mean to wait in his word or in his word I wait? But that's actually a better translation. They use the word hope so that we could understand and relate a little bit more, but you could switch the word hope for wait right there. So my soul waits for the Lord. In his word, I wait. I, I hope. I wait. Remember we said hope is not wishful thinking. It's not just optimism. It's more expectant waiting. If you're taking notes, you might want to say hope, biblical hope, is expectant waiting. How, how, how can he say this? Why is he saying why is he saying that I wait for the Lord? Like, okay, yeah, that, that's great. But, but if I'm just waiting, like, what am, I, what am I supposed to be doing? How long am I going to have to wait? What, is it, what does it actually look like to wait? Should, should I just be pacing up and down? Like, like, what does that look like? He actually gives us a picture of this. Here's why we can wait. And here's kind of a picture of how, how we wait. Verse six says, my soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen. Oh my goodness, little beads coming out of there. More than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. 
Uh, this is a pair of binoculars. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this before. Maybe you've seen your grandparents using these uh, to spy on birds, right? Uh, that's kind of the, the, one of the memories I have of my grandparents is they love to watch birds. These are like intense uh, binoculars for bird watching. But, um, but th- this picture of the watchmen, here is what these watchmen would have been doing. Is if, if they had a city or an area that they were protecting, the watchmen, uh, they, they, some of them were certainly watching during the day, but specifically, here's what he's talking about, is watchmen who are watching over the city at night. And they probably would have had binoculars just like this, right? Just kidding. Uh, but, but they would have had some way to see further than they, could, than they could see. They would be looking through the dark, watching for shadows, watching for movement that was out of the ordinary, watching and waiting to see if anybody was going to come who would be of danger to the people that they were trying to protect. And ultimately, here's what the watchmen were, were doing this until, until morning came, until the next shift and the next, next set of watchmen could come and watch during the day. They were waiting for the time when, hey, darkness is gone. It's a little easier to see, and we know that we've made it through the night. But this waiting, they, they weren't just, like, they weren't, they weren't waiting for, hey, I, I, like, in a way of, I hope that the sun comes up. Or they weren't waiting just optimistically, like, hey, may, may, maybe the, I, I'm, I'm really optimistic that the sun's going to come up today. But they were waiting, knowing that without a shadow of a doubt, the sun would rise the next day. Because that's what it always did. The sun always came up the next day. The sun always rose again. They were waiting expectantly, knowing, hey, if we can just make it to the next morning, we'll know that we've done our job and that the city is safe. Again, it's not wishful thinking, it's not optimistic. They knew 100% the morning will come and we are waiting for the morning to come. And the same is true of our hope. Our hope isn't optimistic or just optimistic. It's not, it's not just wishful thinking. But it's no, we can wait on the Lord knowing that he will come through. Ultimately, biblical hope knows That, hey, when all things are said and done, that God will redeem everything on this earth. He will redeem all of creation. We're waiting, knowing that one day God will make all wrong things right and he will make all sad things happy. He will have his way without a shadow of a doubt, 100%. It's not just optimism. It's not just wishful thinking, but it will happen. How, How do we know that? How do we know? The last two verses Verses 7 and 8. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem from all his iniquities. How do we know that, God, that we are waiting on a certain for sure thing? Because we can look back and we know things like what the psalmist says. There is steadfast love with the Lord. In him is plentiful redemption. We know who God is. We've seen him show up before. He's proven himself over and over and over again to be faithful, just like the songs we're singing. O God of Mary, O God of David, we've seen you show up again and we know that you will we know that you will show up for us in a similar way. And for us, see the psalmist didn't have this ability, but for us on the other side of the cross, not only can we go back and know all the things that the psalmist knows now as we read about in the scriptures of who God is, but on the other side of the cross, we can look back to Jesus. 
Our hope is 100% sure for certain. We are waiting for him to have his way, and we know he will because of the greatest showing of love and faithfulness and hope in history, which is Jesus at the cross. We're able to look back so that we know how to move and look forward. We're able to look back at the cross and see where God has shown up in the most massive, magnificent way in all of history so that we can look forward knowing, hey, I know that things are tough. I know that things are hard. I know that it feels like I'm in a pit. I know that it feels like things are out of control. But I know, I'm expectantly waiting. I know that God will show up. And even if he doesn't, in the way that I want him to, or in the time frame that I want him to, I know that ultimately he will when Jesus comes back to redeem this world. So waiting in the Bible is not wishful thinking. It's not just optimism, but it's expectant hope that God will show up because he has shown up time and time again. So where in your life do you need hope? Where in your life do you need to, to know Hey, God, God will show up because he, he has shown up before. Where in your life do you need to look back and maybe it's to, to the cross or, or maybe it's just to individual places where, man, my family's in a tight spot, but I've seen God show up before. Or man, this thing's kind of going wacky at school, but, but I've seen God show up in a similar way before. Where do you need to wait expectantly, knowing for sure that God will show up and be who he is. Over the next few weeks, these are the things that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what hope looks like in the midst of our anxiety and depression, what hope looks like in circumstances where we can't see which way is left and which way is right, what hope looks like when it comes to our relationships with other people and and being in, in battle with them, and what hope looks like for the world. Let me pray for us. God, Thank you for not leaving us hanging. Thank you for giving us hope in the midst of hopeless situations. Would you help us to wrap our our minds and hearts around this idea of, of hope as waiting? Knowing that even if we don't know exactly what it will look like, even if we don't know when it will happen or or what our our role is in it. Help us to expectantly await you. You are our hope. Jesus is our hope. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.